All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. Good afternoon and welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry, CW2 type helicopter pilot, Vietnam, 1969. I want to welcome you to our program today. It's uh, pretty exciting. We're going to have a, a father-son duo on in a little bit uh, that, that participated with Operation Song, um, the, uh, the younger uh, Brown. Uh, participated with Operation Song, wrote a, a great tune um, called My Dad. And I think that's, uh, well, wait till you see it, hear it. It's, it, it's going to really knock you out. I'm, I'm, I'm really positive of that. I just wanted to let everybody know and thank everybody. Yesterday was our, our fundraiser radio, radio on the river. And uh, the weather cooperated. It was a beautiful day. Our guests were great. We had Dr. Rebecca Grant, for those of you who listen to Veterans Radio on a regular basis. She um, came out and explained the world to all of us there, which is what she does. And uh, Jonathan Turnbull was there. His, he was on recently with uh, his book, uh, No Chance or Zero Chance of Survival, because um, he had been blown up by a suicide bomber. A great storyteller, a very powerful story, and uh, I think our audience was really excited to hear both of them doing their presentations. But the greatest thing was that we did uh, raise enough funds to uh, get the match that was uh, promised to us by the Vietnam Veterans of America, the National Vietnam Veterans of America. So I want to thank everybody who contributed to the uh, fundraiser, and let me go back and uh, Thank everybody who was there real quickly. Give them a little shout out for what what they did for us. Um, of course, we had uh, NVBDC, which everybody knows who listens to this program, the National Veterans Development Business Council. Uh, Legal Help for Veterans was uh, one of our sponsors. Butterball Farms out in West Michigan. Um, uh, the Residential Health and uh, Residential Home Health and Hospice. You'll hear more about them in just a little bit. Uh, the Fisher House, Michigan, uh, Melissa Youngbrud and the Therapia uh, Counseling Service made a, a really great donation to us. Uh, all types of things. I, 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 have, I have one thing I wanted to mention, uh, which was kind of interesting since I, I, I don't uh, drink anymore, which is probably a good thing. But we had uh, a number of people that uh, donated um, bourbon to the cause. And it actually, we raised quite a bit of money with uh, auctioning off some of that, that bourbon. One of them was this uh, Southern Cross bourbon. And I wanted to tell you this story because I was, I just thought it was really cool. Um, the Southern Cross bourbon's name was inspired and rooted after this, the Southern Cross constellation superimposed on the dagger. It represents historical achievements of the Marines serving during the Pacific campaign in World War II, specifically those actions on Guadalcanal. Uh, the Southern Cross remains a part of the legacy of the modern-day Marine Corps. And this kind of came around where they, they, they came up with a special blend of bourbon uh, on, the, on the Southern Cross label. And it says that they uh, put it together because of, of this event for the Marines. It says, our slogan is, may you find your way home, comes from the men of World War II using their navigational skills and paddling their rafts 
guided by the constellations, a.k.a. Southern Cross, so they could find their way home. And so what they did was that they, they donated uh, one of these bottles of uh, Southern Cross bourbon. But you right now can still uh, order a bottle of this Southern Cross bourbon and you can uh, get a discount on it for the next two weeks. So I would suggest if you are a, a bourbon uh, aficionado uh, that you could go to uh, sharepour.com and uh, you could use code veteran and you will get a 10% discount and they can ship anywhere in the country. This is something I, I didn't even know. I didn't know you could ship alcohol anywhere across you know state lines, but go to sharepour.com. Uh, use the code. If they ask for a discount code, uh, you put in veteran and you'll get a 10% discount on that. The other, I don't know what the attraction of all this bourbon was yesterday, but, um, too bad we're not on television because I could show you this really cool bottle. So um, an organization uh, that uh, our good friend Tammy works with, Tammy Bethune, who's our social media guru and everything else along those lines, she contacted a local, um, I guess it was a liquor store, <laughs> all that. But anyhow, so she she, she contacted Bernstein uh, Liquor, which is up in Commerce, Michigan, and uh, they provided us with a number of bottles of Woodford Reserve, which I understand is an excellent bourbon as well. But on the back of the bottle, the special bottles is etched Veterans Radio with our microphone on there, and it says established 2003, and it's really it's even got the image of uh, I don't know who the guy is on the left. Oh, that would be me and my partner, Jim Falcone. I'm showing it to the camera here because we're on Zoom, but I'm, nobody can see it. But so I, I want <laughs> I'm to... here. Um, <laughs> and I, I wanted to clarify, it is Ben Stein Liquor. Oh. And it's on Ben Stein, all one word, road. And Fadi and his father operate that business, and they were... Just great to work with. And I'd like to, as you, you know, it's been so it's a commemorative bottle and we're very appreciative to have those, um, to remember your 20th anniversary. Thank you. Yes. 20 years old again. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool and it's, uh, very interesting for the other, uh, those of you that have followed Veterans Radio over the year, Bob Gould was able to, um, make an appearance at our, our celebration yesterday. And he's all excited because we had a special bottle uh, for him with his picture etched onto it. So these people did a great job on short notice. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of kind of strange. But anyway, it was a great event yesterday. And I wanted to make sure, like I said, that, that we thanked everyone. And our normal sponsors, of course, I wanted to talk about them just briefly here. Of course, that's Legal Help for Veterans. And they specialize in uh, disability claims for um, veterans. And in addition to that, um, Carol Ann Falson, who is the VSO at Legal Help for Veterans, is uh, very, very interested in helping veterans with home health care. And that will give me a little transition in a minute to the residential home health and hospice folks um, who provide that home health care um, caretakers and facilities and so forth for you. Um, so that, that 
the National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC. They are the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses. For more information, you can go to their website. That's nvbdc.org and give them a call or give them a call at 888-237-8433. The Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. For more information about them, you can go to va.gov slash Ann Arbor Healthcare. We talked a lot with people yesterday about uh, the VA uh, system uh, across the country, and we are very happy to say that the most of us agreed that the we're very fortunate here in Ann Arbor to have the Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center um, and its association with the University of Michigan. And we got um, it was kind of agreed that we got excellent care there. So, if you're in the Southeast Michigan area and out kind of outside of the Detroit area. You might want to look into the uh, Ann Arbor VA there, Charles S. Kettles. Um, also, of course, we really want to thank our local VSOs, veterans organizations, the Irwin Press Corps and American Legion Post 46, and the Charles S. Kettles Vietnam Veterans of America Chapter 310, which are both of Ann- from Ann Arbor, and they have been supporters pretty much from day one, so for 20 years. And let me switch back just for a moment back to the, the pledge that the national um Vietnam Veterans of America made, uh, made, and that was that they would match their first $10,000 that we were able to raise during our radio on the river, and we hit that goal. And so we want to thank them for their basically doubling up the money that we raised yesterday, and especially to their president, Jack McManus. Uh, Jack is a, a member of the local VVA 310 chapter and has kind of moved up the ladder into the big and, you know, powerful Oz type of person. And so we wanted to thank all of them and, and all of you that that uh, showed up yesterday. And I also want to remind you that, you know, our fundraising efforts are not over. We, you know, as we continue on into next year, we're, we are constantly in a fundraising mode, it seems like. But if you would like to contribute, uh, all you've got to do is go to veteransradio.org and click on the donate button. Um, just as we've been asking for the last couple of weeks, for those of you that get our emails and so forth, you've been inundated, I'm sure, with those. Uh, but we're asking for 20 bucks for 20 years. So just go to veteransradio.org and click on the donate button. And thank you very much. Also, I would suggest that you go to our store for merchandise. And you can see all of the new gear that we've uh, introduced uh, yesterday, including hats, sweatshirts, T-shirts, golf shirts, mugs, pins, and anything else you can think of. I think that you'll find them kind of interesting. Um, yeah, and you can go and, and uh, purchase that. And all, all of those things help to support our mission. So I'm hoping that you will um, do that for us. All right. Uh, hey, Dale. Yes. Speaking of the uh, Charles S. Kettle VA Hospital, next door is Fisher House, Michigan in Ann Arbor. Yes. And Hello. they, too, were a sponsor yes, I mentioned. for Radio on the River. <laughs> yeah, not only were they a sponsor, but um, Kate Melcher, who's the executive director of Fisher House, Michigan, in charge of raising a lot of money for the Fisher House here in Ann Arbor and the Fisher House in Detroit was um, very, very helpful in putting together 
um, our fundraiser yesterday. So we, we were able to um, utilize her experience along with Lydia, uh, Lydia Pinkham, who is our another one of our board members, Coast Guard veteran, um, everybody. Tammy was, you know, helped out dramatically. Uh, Eric Fretz, who owns that beautiful property on Huron, on the Huron River, um, brought in a lot of young student veterans. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was a great day. And, uh, I want to make sure we thank them. Brian Graff was there. Brian is another one of our board members. Um, he was, a, uh, uh, from the Graff Family Foundation who helped us out a great deal, uh, last year with our fundraising. Um, and he was there and I, um, trying to remember and make sure I don't leave out anybody, um, that was there. I think that's all as far as our board was concerned. But there was, anyway, some great people, and it was a great opportunity to mingle and, and meet everybody, and um, I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. Maybe we'll need more space next year. That would be really cool. So um, as I mentioned earlier, we've, we've, got, we've picked up a, a new sponsoring organization yesterday, and that is the Residential Home Health and Hospice Group, and uh, they sent us over a, a little promo them we're going to have them on the program the last uh, Sunday in October to tell us all about their organization but I want to play this little clip and uh, when we you know when we come back we'll start hopefully talking with our newest guests so you're listening to Veterans Radio and we'll be right back Residential Home Health and Hospice a sponsor of Radio on the River provides elite home health and hospice services with operations across the entire state of Michigan and several other states, Residential delivers exceptional healthcare services, including in-home nursing and therapy, pain management, and hospice end-of-life support. Residential Home Health and Hospice is a proud veteran supporter and Level 5 partner in the We Honor Veterans Program, a program developed by the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization in collaboration with the Department of Veteran Affairs. This program places an emphasis on respectful inquiry, compassionate listening, and grateful acknowledgement for veterans across the country. Residential's involvement with We Honor Veterans is designed to provide specialized, compassionate care for our nation's heroes. Their dedicated team is trained to address the specific physical and emotional challenges that veterans may face. But it's not just about medical care. The We Honor Veterans program also focuses on enhancing veterans' quality of life. They understand that every veteran deserves to live their life to the fullest, surrounded by the support and respect they've earned. So, if you or a loved one is a veteran in need of specialized care and support, reach out to Residential Home Health and Hospice today. You have sacrificed so much for our country, and Residential ensures you receive proper care and respect. Let them show you what it means to truly care for and honor our veterans. Call 866-902-5854 or visit www.residentialhealthcaregroup.com to learn more. That's 866-902-5854 or visit www.residentialhealthcaregroup.com. Residential Home Health and Hospice, care where you are. Okay, we're back here on Veterans Radio. That's going to be our newest uh, sponsor. We're really excited to have them on board. And as I mentioned before, they will be um, highlighted in the program, uh, in our regular benefits program at the end of the month. I I, I just got slapped by a, a, uh, a text 
that I had left out one of our board members. So William Kirkstra, United States Marine, he's the newest board member. And unfortunately, um, I didn't write down, <laughs> write it down. So Will, I apologize for not including him. He was the uh, co-host uh, yesterday, did a great job and, um, you know, adds a little more energy to our organization. So I want to make sure that we thank Will uh, Kirkstra for being part of the Veterans Radio family. Okay. Dale. Dale, yep. this is Tammy again. Did you mention Jim? Oh, that Jim. That Jim. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened when he's not in in front of me. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, the original board member is uh, Jim Falcone from Legal Help for Veterans. Um, he was he was down in Florida yesterday. You really missed it. was probably warmer here than it was in Florida. But uh, yeah, Jim Falcone from Legal Help for Veterans. He's been around with Veterans Radio, I think, for the oh, pretty close to the, the entire 20 years. So I want to make sure that I thank Jim and his wife, Carol Ann, for all the support that they give to us here at Veterans Radio. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to move into our first guest. Actually, maybe it's only our first guest today. But um, for those of you that have been following Veterans Radio over about the last six months, we've been highlighting an Operation Song participant um, and the first program of the month. And Operation Song, for those of you who are not familiar, is uh, an organization down in t uh, Tennessee. It's uh, actually it kind of started at the Murfreesboro, Tennessee VA. And what they do is they put on these little conferences and, and they pull together veterans and musicians. And the veterans and musicians, usually in only a day, uh, they tell the story. The veteran tells the, the uh, musician the story. They end up writing a song, and in a day, it's all done. So it's 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 really an amazing story. It's a great organization that um, we'd love to support. Their mission is to empower veterans, active-duty military, and their families to tell their stories through the process of songwriting, bringing them back one song at a time. And a great thing about Operation Song that I like is that it's never been nor will there ever be a charge to any veteran or family member for their services. It is our honor to serve those who have served. And today our guest is uh, George Brown. And George is a uh, current or was a current veteran. And I want to make sure that, uh, George, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you, sir. It's an honor to be here. Thank you very much. Um, I, th I think the, you know, the, 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 the thread of the interview today is going to be about the song that, that you wrote with Josh Grinder. And, uh, how did, how did that come about? Is that how he pronounces his name? I didn't. Uh, Grider. Josh Grider. Grider. Yes, sir. Uh, no. So I, um, uh, last year when I retired, um, uh, it's kind of in a bad place. Um, so it's having a tough time, it's drinking too much. So I came out to Texas from Florida to Warrior's Heart. And uh, it's a veterans uh, rehab facility. Once I left there, I went to their sober living facility. Um, I was there doing an IOP program. And while I was there, I was nominated to write a song. Um, it was an incredible experience. Josh Greider got paired up with me. And we sat down, spent the day together, had lunch together, and we just kind of got to know each other. And I shared my story with him about my time in the military. Um, 
and something in particular stood out to him was uh, my last combat deployment was to Syria. And my son was young and I was concerned about uh, kind of things left unsaid. Um, the unit I was working with, um, we were doing things with, a, I guess, uh, high risk to force or high risk to mission operations. And I was got off the phone with my son one day and I thought about all the things left unsaid that um, as a father, you want to tell your son how to be a good man growing up. And so I wrote him a letter, kind of a just in case dad didn't come home letter. And I shared that with Josh and we sat down and turned it into a song. Yeah, I, I am. I'm looking at the lyrics here and it's, 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 it's really beautiful. And uh, I, I want to play the song right now for our yes. audience to hear it. All right. It's called Love Dad. And um, so, yeah, let's, let's see if we can uh, hear this song and I'll make sure that I got the right one. There we go. You can catch ribs all year round, but it's always best in the fall. And if you got a three-old count, that'll throw you another ball. The beer now and then's okay, but don't let it get a hold of you. Try to listen more than you speak when you speak. Tell the truth. When you go pick her up on that first day, shake her daddy's hand, and you'll never be too old to say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. And don't go looking for trouble, son, but if it comes your way, stand up for yourself and anybody else harm's way. Life ain't always easy, life ain't always fair Hard times will come and I won't always be there But life is a gift and love is a reach And there's no such thing as no big deal Cause you never know how it's gonna work out So I'm writing you this note that I'm sitting there thinking about things. I hope you know. Courage is contagious, just like smiles and confidence. And the words I'm sorry can heal more than most medicine. Be the first to help your brother. Reach out and lend a hand. Laugh easy. Pray often, win every race you can. Cause life ain't always easy, life ain't always fair. Hard times will come and I won't always be there. But life is a gift and love is real and there's no such thing as no big deal cause you never know how it's gonna work out so I'm riding in this snow tonight I'm sitting here thinking about things I hope you know work's got me away again and I'm sure missing you 
They say tonight might get a little rough, but I've got a job to do. You will have forever moments over the course of your life. And right before you go, they say they flash before your eyes. Son, you're in all the best ones that I have ever had. Good night, sleep tight. I miss love, Dad. Wow, that is that is awesome. That's that's just wonderful. And we have been joined now by their songwriter and and performer himself, Josh Greider. Greider is uh, joined us. And Josh, welcome to Veterans Radio. Hello, hello. How's everyone? Oh, we're doing just fine. Isn't that that's a beautiful yeah. song? Thank you, thank you. It's uh, it was it was a great day. Great day meeting George, hanging out and uh, talking about our boys and, and coming up with a song. And and. The how does that process work? I mean, I don't know how, how can you write a song in a day. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think we all have things that we can do in our professions that uh, that baffle baffle the general public. But I've I've given my whole life to songwriting, and and it's uh, it's just what I've done for a long time. I've written hundreds and hundreds of songs, and there's a process to it, and uh, and it's just all about listening, you know, as far as the operation song and, and that organization you you just get to sit down and meet some incredible incredible men and women and hear their stories and then try to try to make it rhyme a little bit <laughs> what's up george how you doing brother i'm really well good to see you good to see you i think that would be the hardest thing getting everything to rhyme um <laughs> but i want to make i wanted to give a shout out to josh because he's, he's obviously a professional performer and uh I was reading your bio, kind of a transplant from New Mexico to Texas, and it seems like everybody ends up in Texas if they want to write songs or Nashville, either one of those two places. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, he goes on tour. Had a lot of very busy young man. I, I, did Operation Song approach you to to help out, or did you volunteer? Uh, it was it was through a songwriter named David Lee who was um, connected with the group down here in Texas, and he he was heavily involved, and he thought I might be a good fit for it, and he asked if that'd be something I'd be interested in, and of course I said yes, and so I've done five or six of them now over the last couple of years. Um, there's a, a a place down in Bandera, Texas called Warrior's Heart, which I'm sure maybe George has told you about. Um, and that's kind of where they, they operate out of. It's about an hour and a half from where I live. So get up early in the morning, drive down there, drink some coffee. And, and like I said, meet some incredible people and, and make up and, let, and make up songs about their lives and, and kind of their stories and what they're going through. That's terrific. I, I'm going back up to George right now because um, we did a story on, on Warrior's Heart. I can't remember when it was. I know it was a while ago. But could you kind of describe it to our audience a little bit about what goes on out at Warrior's Heart? Uh, yes, sir. So I believe it started in 2016 or 17. Uh, that's not gospel, but around that time, it was um, a group of people got together and they looked at the, this problem that was going on in the uh, special operations community, but in the, in the military as a whole, uh, across the board, the number of suicides and people that 
Um, they get kind of too dependent on alcohol. Uh, unfortunately, it's a big part of the culture. And then even, um, you know, guys getting injured and being put on some sort of narcotic, you know, opioid prescription, and they end up going down that dark path. Um, then you, and if you couple that with PTSD and some of the trauma um, that these, these people have gone through, it makes for a, a pretty potent, um, uh, I don't know, a lot of bad things end up happening. So they decided to put together an organization that was veteran focused um, and first responders, actually. They do law enforcement, firefighters, as well as EMS people. Um, but the majority of it are vet- military veterans. And the focus is, um, you know, it's it's okay to not be okay. And uh, they do they couple uh, trauma therapy, kind of a PTSD focused therapy in, in combination with uh, substance abuse. So alcohol, drugs, whatever the case may be for per individual. And you spend about two months at their um, facility in Bandera, Texas. And you kind of dive deep into the root of what's going on and, and how you ended up, um, you know, in a, in a place where that was less than desirable. It's kind of, but, um, but it was, it was an amazing, uh, an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it, it, it saved my life. So. Well, uh, that's, it, it's so great that there are so many organizations out there now that, you know, are designed to help veterans and, you know, and we, we have to include police and EMTs and sure. first responders in there. You know, we, you know, veterans community, we're not the only ones that have faced trauma or, you know, or some earth shattering event. Amen. And, and I, and I think that it's great. Gentleman, gentleman there with me, who's a paramedic, who's on the ground on nine 11 when, when the trade centers came down and uh, he, he spent his whole life in EMS and he was a great example of what you're just describing, getting our first responders involved in these programs as well, because uh, I've said before, but you know, there's, there's only three people on the planet volunteer to sacrifice themselves for you and your family, never having met you. That's first responders, you know, firefighter, police, EMS, uh, soldiers. And um, I'm sorry, police soldiers and, I'm losing my train of thought, but the, uh, I guess the point being is that people that end up in that position and the programs that are available to us, like you were saying, sir, are are impressive nowadays compared to what, like my father, for example, or yourself coming back from Vietnam, they didn't have these programs for you gentlemen or for the men and women coming back. They, you know, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and it's amazing. Some of the resources we have nowadays, I'm very grateful to be a part of that. Well, I, I, I think it's uh, this is a good time to bring on uh, George Sr., who has joined us here on Veterans Radio. And it, this is kind of the first time I've had a father-son combo uh, going on. And uh, I wanted to welcome uh, welcome you. Uh, well, you go. I had George Sr., but you go by Buster. Yes, I do. Okay, so Buster, welcome to Veterans Radio. Um, you've done a really good job with this other young man over here. It's, it seems like that you're yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very proud of him. Well, I would be too. Um, let me give you a little background on on uh, Buster Brown. Um, started off life as a warrant officer, helicopter pilot in Vietnam, uh, better known in my <laughs> jargon as a rotor head, and uh. 
So I, I, I wanted to know, when did you graduate? I saw that you were in Vietnam from 68 to 71. So that means you must have extended. But when did you graduate flight school? Uh, it was uh, December of 1970. Okay. No, correction, no. December of 1969, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, because I... I, I I graduated flight school. I was in class 6829, um, Red Hat. And uh, so I, I, that's why I was kind of curious. I'm going to, for our audience that, out there listening in Radio Land, I'm going to kind of break away and do a share photo here to uh, show George how excited I was to have him on the program. So it's just my uh, my graduation picture from flight school. Because uh, I saw one of yours just like it. <laughs> it's very good. Okay, end of stop share. Um, so anyway, so George, um, or Buster, in addition to being a warrant officer in, in Vietnam, you were in, in uh, up in Three Corps in Tain Ninh, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, because, um, excuse me for going back in my memory, but we... Uh, Tain Inn was a, a, a place that I was in very often and actually it, it helped me out when I had a forced landing, uh, actually just outside of Tain Inn one time. So they came and got me out of there. And well, our unit staged out of Quan Loi, which is just up the road. I'm not familiar with Quan Loi. It was up near the, <laughs> near the Cambodian border, a place called Budop and all that. Yeah, we were only 10 flicks from the. Uh... From the uh, the border, yeah, I know. We got mortared constantly, and rocket fire, and uh, rocket nearly got me. Uh, we were pre-flighting for a DCS mission, and uh, one twenty-two came in and landed about uh, ten feet from the helicopter that we were pre-flighting. Wow, and. Uh, I was protected by the revetment because I was down uh, pre-flight in the, the lower half of the helicopter. And the uh, the other pilot was up on the rotor head, and uh, he he took it pretty bad. And our crew chief, he was up greasing the tail rotor when uh, when this thing hit, and I'm not I'm not sure what happened to him. Oh. We, we, um, they, wow. They walked the rockets one time through one of our areas. And for whatever reason, we were down there at night to evacuate in case, but they were, it was a, a, just a big barrage. And so I was, I tried to dig a hole in asphalt. It, it, it didn't, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, that was the most frightened I was the entire year I was there. I've never been that scared because, you know, you don't know where these things are coming from. Yeah. And they seem to be coming from everywhere. But you didn't, you, you know, once you were done with your tour in the Army, you went on and, and joined the Navy. Yeah, I finished college. And uh, when I graduated, um, Jimmy Carter was president. So uh, this the economy was in the dumps. Right. So uh, I uh, I was tried to join the Air Force for pilot training. But the Air Force said uh, they weren't taking any pilots. So 
it was funny. I was in there talking to the uh, Air Force recruiter, and the Navy recruiter was over was uh, also in the office and overhearing all this. And as I was walking out, he literally goes, "Come here." And he says, the Navy is still taking pilots. So anyway, I, that's how I ended up joining the Navy. And then I spent 25 years in, in the Navy. Wow. And you ended up as a captain? Yes. Right. That's, a, that's, that's equivalent to a colonel for those of us in the Army, because we don't understand Navy ranks at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I congratulate you. A 25-year career. That's pretty awesome. Well, three years in the Army and 25 years, so total of 28. Okay. So you, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you got out early in the Army because they came down and said, okay, everybody go home, right? Yes. Yes, I did. All right. Yeah, I did the same thing. They said you could. When I, when I came back from Vietnam, I came back early. I only spent five months over there. I had a uh, shoulder separation, so they sent me back to Walter Reed uh for surgery and then i was in the hospital for four months and then they sent me to uh fort bragg and i was with the 82nd airborne okay and then uh yeah what they did with us is they came they got us all into a room and they said how would you like to be lieutenants and all the warrants is going no uh, <laughs> yeah that's like going, you know, to become a real life officer, like going to the dark That's side. That's what we used to call them, RLOs. Yeah. <laughs> See, I rose here out of listening. I didn't make that up. Uh, <laughs> but they came down and said I could be a, lieutenant, a, first, a first lieutenant, but it was a guaranteed second tour, or I could get out that day. So, uh, you know, it looked like the Three Stooges trying to get out the gate, at, you know, at Fort Rucker. And, <laughs> So yeah, we we got we got out. I know. I wanted to uh, I, thank you for being on the program. Stick around. Uh, we have a, 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 a segment we always do to uh, uh, honor a, a Medal of Honor recipient. So I'm going to play that, and then when we come back, I want to continue go back to George Jr. to talk a little bit more about his adventure and and Josh and see what we can come up with. All right. So yes, sir. Stick around. Uh, we will be right back. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. Hospital Corpsman John Kilmer died shielding his wounded comrade with his own body. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. Kilmer's company was defending a vitally important Korean Hill position well forward of the main line of resistance during an assault by large concentrations of hostile troops. Kilmer repeatedly braved intense enemy mortar, artillery, and sniper fire to move from one position to another, administering aid to the wounded, and expediting their evacuation. Painfully wounded himself when struck by mortar fragments while moving to the aid of a casualty, he persisted in his efforts and inched his way to the side of the stricken Marine through a hail of enemy shells falling around him. Undaunted by the devastating hostile fire, he skillfully administered first aid to his comrade, 
end as another mounting barrage of enemy fire shattered the immediate area, unhesitatingly shielded the wounded man with his body. Kilmer was mortally wounded by flying shrapnel while carrying out this heroic action. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative. Maybe it's you. <coughs> Office of us sometimes need help, but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And we're back here on Veterans Radio, and we are talking to George Brown, Buster Brown, and Josh Greider here um, about Operation Song and what they have done um, over the last couple of years, um, helping veterans, you know, as they say, one song at a time. It's it's a great organization, and I think it's it's kind of kind of cool when we have a father-son group here. So I'm going to ask George Jr., how, what was it like growing up? Because evidently you probably were moving all over the world. Yes, sir. Yeah, no. Growing up was an adventure. Uh, being the son of a of a naval aviator, um, we would only spend, I think the longest we lived in any one location was three, maybe four years. Um, so at times it was tough, but I wouldn't change it um, looking back now. Um, yeah, for the most part, it was, it was, it was a great experience and it kind of created the man I am today. So looking back, yeah, there's nothing I would change, but. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Buster, what was it like having a, another soldier in the family? Uh, well, we, uh, Matt was a green beret. He's a medic. And we were so very proud of him. Uh, we attended all his graduation ceremonies from Ranger School to Green Beret, uh, and from boot camp. I mean, so yeah, we, uh, we were, we couldn't be more proud. I think, I think it's, it's amazing. I know, um, just the idea of it going down from generation to generation is, is, it's really, um, it's it's an honor to talk with both of you, and uh, I wanted to make sure that I thank you. So, so Josh, maybe we should get together with Buster over there. I think I have probably a song in there somewhere about you know showering rockets <laughs> and, and stuff coming in on you. Mm, every, every if you got a story, you got a song. <laughs> I think they do. I think they do. Um, so back to you, George. Uh, what what are you doing today? Um, so after after leaving uh, Warriors Hearts, I stayed here in the Texas area. Um, currently, I'm um, working here locally and um, in efforts to, uh, I guess, get back um, get back to Florida. Ultimately, um, honestly, the past year has kind of been focused on on uh, my sobriety and just kind of uh, working through the the stuff that. I don't know, um, kind of put me in a bad place to begin with. So I still got some, uh, some work to do on myself, but, um, right now it's just one day at a time and, uh, and just an attitude of gratitude. God is good. True. Very true. So you, 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 you dedicated this song. How is, how is, how is your, the son doing? 
He's doing very well. I uh, just spoke with him uh, yesterday. Um, he's in Florida with his mom, and uh, he's currently in fourth grade playing soccer. Um, but he's doing great. Um, yeah, and I actually presented this song to him. He didn't know that I'd, I'd written the song and let him listen to it um, last time I was in Florida visiting with him. So, What did, what did he think of the song? Um, he... He got a little misty, got a little verklempt. Um, probably not as uh, not as misty eyed as his father did, but uh, but he was very moved. The relationship I have with him, um, I can't really capture in words, but beyond special. I I, as, I, I think it's a, it's a great song. I think you know how many of us that had been in this, you know, while we were in the service, could have written this type of letter home. Um, you know, not only to our to our children, but to our family, just letting them know how important they were to us and, you know, how valuable their support was. No, absolutely. I, I was torn. I I thought about after I kind of wrote this letter and it was it was bits and pieces. So it wasn't I didn't sit down and write a formal letter. It was as things would come to me, like I hope I hope and my son's name's Grayson. His name's George as well. George Grayson. But he goes by Grayson. Um and I was, you know, as things came to me while I was in Syria, I would just I would, I would capture it on my phone or on a piece of paper if I could. Um, just all the things that I, a father who, you know, wants his, he wants his son to, to grow up, I guess, better man than he was or not to make the same mistakes he did. And so along my time, my five months in Syria, I would just capture things along the way. And it's one of those letters that you hope never gets mailed or read by the, by the recipient or intended recipient. Right. No, I think that's 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 very true. So, when were you in Syria? What was your what was your job in Syria? Uh, I was working for this is back in 2017 from uh, June, July, yeah, end of June until November. Um, there were short medics over there, and this is when we were supporting. Um, so the we called SDF the Syrian uh, Syrian Defense or Democratic Force were the soldiers we were um, we were backing to try to get ISIS out of the area. So ISIS had taken Raqqa, and that was like their stronghold. And so I was there for, um, that was called Operation Eclipse. And so I was there for the fall of Raqqa um, as a direct uh, direct support medic for um, for CAG or uh, the... The Delta Force guys, and then um, and then while I was there, I left that unit. And I went down the road to um, Alpha Company First Battalion Fifth Special Forces Group. They needed another medic as well, so I was kind of uh, backfilling medic positions uh, for operational missions. Um, and so, I pretty much my five months there was just spent doing that. Okay, I, I, I was curious about that because our one our speaker at our at our fundraiser yesterday. Um, Jonathan Turnbull was a civil affairs officer in Syria um, about the same time, um, probably a little bit later than that. Majib, I think he said it was the name of the town that he was in. And uh, he got, unfortunately, got, got blown up by a suicide bomber and lost his sight, both eyes. And part, oh, of, wow. his, part of his team, four members of his team were killed in the explosion and somehow he survived it. Um, but in talking with him about the mission in Syria was so much different than I think we thought about it here at home. 
we didn't know all of the, you know, all of the, um, well, what am I thinking about, you know, the, the rebuilding of, of roads and schools and electricity and, and all the other things that, you know, that, that, that the mission entailed. It wasn't just going out and as he poke, you know, he says, poke and shoot guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was very strange across the board. So my other missions were majority of my time in combat theaters was Afghanistan and I, we were, I was out at remote fire bases like Firebase Cobra and Anaconda um, in the Ruzgan province, just north of Kandahar. And um, a lot of those missions were kind of movement to contact or direct action missions. Whereas in Syria, we were primarily supporting um, these the northern, I guess there's northern Kurds along the northern part of Syria. So while this is happening simultaneously, al-Assad Remember, al-Assad was on this campaign of destroying his own country or, you know, gassing his own people or using using um, biological weapons or chemical weapons, rather, against his own people. And that was going on in the western part of Syria. And then in the eastern part of Syria, we had U.S. operations going on out of, um, you know, out of we would at a KLZ or Kobani landing zone was the primary logistical hub we were using and then operations out of there. But, but it was, the, I guess that the interesting part was we, when we were there, we would come across um, Russian mercenaries because Putin came in to support al-Assad. So we had Russian mercenaries in the area. Then we had uh, some of the, some of al-Assad's force. We, we would see them in the area and we would just never engage each other. And then uh, end up just kind of passing by or seeing each other during different operations. It was kind of strange. Um, and then shortly after I left in November of 2017, the Wagner group, which is a mercenary force out of Russia, uh, attacked part of our U S force, um, out of the MSS or mission support site, um, just North of Darzar, which was operation talent sphere. But at any rate, so we ended up the guys that I was there working with, I'd left a couple months later, they ended up, um, getting into a, uh, a gunfight with these Wagner group guys. And I think they ended up killing, I don't know. It was, it was some kind of, it was the associated press picked it up, but it was like a, several hundred uh, Russian mercenaries ended up getting killed in this. And that was the only time we had really a direct conflict with Russians while we were there. But the rest of the time it was um, supportive uh, type missions for the, the, the Syrians, the Syrians there trying to get ISIS out of their towns. Well, you know, again, we, this isn't all the news that we get. Thanks. I want to go back to, to Buster just for a minute. What was it like to transition from flying a Huey into a, what did you fly in the Navy? I flew uh, P3s in the Navy, which is a four-engine turboprop. Uh, ASW was the mission. Okay. And, uh, but it was, uh, you know, I could have gone helos in the Navy, but I, you know, I, didn't want to. I wanted to fly something else. So, uh, so again, I volunteered for fixed wing. Hi, oh, that's great. I, I knew some other people that that you know left the army at the end of the, at the end of Vietnam and went into other services in order to keep flying. I, I had that is a regret I have that when I I stopped <laughs> flying. But um, yeah, it's, it's 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 great. It's like you know being on a carpet. I wanted to remind our, our, our audience that if you go to veteransradio.org, you can see the pictures of these folks that we're talking about, um, along with their, you know, George's, George Jr.'s son, Grayson, is there as well. 
and a picture of of Buster in his uh, a little younger days, I guess it would be. <laughs> the pictures that are there, and also I want you to make sure that you can go to uh, the lyrics for for uh, Love Dad and the song itself are on our our website as well as uh, Josh Greider's. And Josh, again, thank you for what you do with these veterans. I'm, I, you know, just with talking with George and other ones that we've talked to, it's it's so helpful for them. Amen. Yes, sir. Ah, there's, there's, it, it goes, it goes both ways though. I've, I've never left uh, one of those retreats um, the same, you know, it's, it's a service that I was not able to do it. Uh, military is, I don't have a military background, but, um, you know, being close to some guys that are and seeing how, uh, how coming back can be so difficult and put them in difficult spots. Um, being able to just be a part of a process to help you know, even just a couple guys is uh, the, the absolute very least I could do. And it's a, a huge honor to do it every time. And this this song was super special. George and I both have sons the same age. And, you know, I, I travel a, a ton for work. So I, I could I I could meet him. Sometimes you hear the stories of these veterans and and I have no point of contact, no no point of, of reference to even understand, you know, and I take it in. But when it came down to missing a little boy, I, I totally understood that. And uh and we were able to we were able to really connect just on philosophy and life, and it was it was just a heck of a good day, and we got a heck of a good song out of it. You did get a heck of a good song out of it. And again, reminding our audience, you can go to our website if you want to, and you can listen to it there. You can also go to Josh's website and listen to it there. It's everywhere out there, and uh, it's Operation Song. Operation Song, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 every one of us, I guess, has a song in us, and this is an organization that helps kind of pull it out of us. And I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Operation Song. It seems like whatever the connection is, it's always just a great opportunity. And it's it's a great way to, you know, get rid of the some of the demons that are in there. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And I, I just want to thank Josh again. Um, it was amazing getting to meet him. Those gentlemen that are part of Operation Song travel from Tennessee, other parts of Texas, or other parts of the nation to to give up their time to support veterans and they spend all day with us and then they write a song they take it you know and, and um it's just a very special thing and it, it was an incredible incredible experience for me and um very grateful for that well i want to thank all of you for being on veterans radio today i want to make sure that our audience knows you can you know operation song as i said all the things that they do for their veterans are free they never charge them anything so i encourage you to go to operationsong.org Make a donation to support that organization to the three gentlemen on our program today. Thank you so very much for being on Veterans Radio, and I hope to see you again sometime. Thank you, sir. It's an honor. Thank you for joining us and sharing your stories. We're going to go out. Thank you for your service. Thank you very much, Buster, and carry on. Yes, sir. Thank all of you. Have a great, great Sunday. Thank you very much. I have to support a, a senior officer there. So we're going to go out with our usual, our usual, uh, God bless America. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Come back next week. Jim Falcone is the host. Until then, you are dismissed. <laughs>